never too late to tell your truth. It's imperative that you tell your truth. This is my story. I need to get it out. Part of healing is talking. Self-growth is really freaking hard. I was a fucking asshole. Oh, are you taking accountability? No. I'm a wild child. We're already canceled. We're being honest here. Damn, we're official. Oh, shit. The Just Us podcast. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Bueno. Welcome to the second episode of the Just Us podcast. The Just Us podcast. If you've stuck around from last week. Thank you. We appreciate it so much. I know we're probably really annoying, but no... I doubt we're annoying. We just feel annoying because we've talked to each other about these stories several times. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that this is for new ears. New ears. New people. New ears. That will we'll end up being annoying to everyone eventually. I'm sure. But <laughs> forewarning. <laughs> Anyways, um, we forgot to tell people why it's called the Just Us Podcast. That was a big mistake. Yeah, we, we were really... F- really nervous yeah we were that's kind of like really important to this podcast yeah so um basically yeah you know when you have that one friend that you tell everything to even things that like you're not supposed to tell anyone else that is who malia is for me and that is who i am for malia yep But instead of going through the whole long spiel of, okay, I have something to tell you, but it's really important that you don't tell anyone because I was sworn to secrecy, but you're the only one that I'm going to tell because I tell you everything anyways. We can't do that every time. That is way too much texting. Or talking. Yeah. So we came up with a code word to say instead of that whole long Code word, code phrase, code just us. Just us. Malia, just us. Okay, go. I was going to think of something really cool, oh. and I couldn't because <laughs> was, my brain just farted. And also because we're on a podcast, yeah. and it can't be a secret if it's on the podcast. So we, in this podcast, are taking so many things that were once a just us yeah. and making it a just everyone else yeah. as well. And like we had talked about in the first episode the reason why we're doing this is because uh one it's going to help us heal um by finally getting it off of our chests and just kind of out in the open um and two because you know there's a really big stigma going around uh, about not talking about mental health issues and not talking about your trauma and trauma lives in your nervous system man Mm -hmm. like that stuff needs to be talked about it needs to be dealt with and if we can open a good forum for that then hallelujah yeah so agreed yeah i think that it's really stupid that people don't talk about their mental health and how people think that it's like a weakness when really if you broke your arm you wouldn't be ashamed of that. I mean, depending on how you broke your arm, I guess. <laughs> could have broken your arm a really stupid way and are ashamed of that. But, like, if you get injured yeah. or you become sick, that's not something that we're ashamed of. But for some reason, when the health inside of our brain is, is not up to par, like, people think that 
that's so shameful when that's not the situation. That's how I used to feel, honestly. Um, and I think I used to feel that because Munchie used to use therapy as a punishment for me. Mm. Instead um, of as a healing mechanism. Exactly. Mm. Um, and so I never wanted people to know that I was in therapy. And that like kind of stayed with me up until my adulthood, like just up until last year when I got myself back into therapy after years of not being in it. Right. And now I'm like... Sorry, can't hang out tonight. I have therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care who knows. Like, I'm actually really proud of the fact that I'm getting the mental help that I need. Yeah. You know, medication um, is also a big stigma and people, mm-hmm. you know, being medicated for their depression or whatever it is that, they're, that they've got going mm-hmm. on. And this year, 2020, I finally got put on some antidepressants or I put myself on it. Mm-hmm. No. I went to the doctor mm-hmm. and asked help me please (laughs) (laughs) and um now every time that my alarm goes off to take my medication I am if I'm in a public place I outwardly say I'm balancing my chemicals (laughs) you do (laughs) I have heard you say this plenty of times actually yes because I want to break the stigma even just a little bit because Mm -hmm. if somebody that I meet for the first time sees me take my medication Mm -hmm. and I'm outwardly saying I'm about to balance my chemicals, then maybe that will help them be like, oh, it's totally okay to be on medication. What if that person really needs it? I mean, if you were taking medication for your blood pressure and someone saw you do that, like there would be nothing keeping anyone from being like, oh, I have high blood pressure. Just like, give me a second. Let me take this. Yeah. And in your case, it's just like, oh, like, the serotonin in my brain is not where it should be. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> and that's not something that you can control or help. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And it, no one should ever be ashamed. And of really, that. what it is, is this medication is a tool to help give me what I'm lacking. Yeah. And that's great because it I is. feel ultimately a lot it's better. It's a vitamin. It's no different from a freaking vitamin. True debt. True debt. Snap, snap. Okay. So, today's episode is about a situation that you went through. Yeah. (laughs) Please excuse the cap. (laughs) it's dinner time yes and pockets knows it okay so um this next episode this episode this episode is about um something that i went through yes so when i was in my uh early 20s as as we know um i was newly single Mm -hmm. i was doing shit i wasn't supposed to Mm -hmm. like smoking cigarettes disgusting habit by the way don't do it And I was drinking underage at my brother's house because I could. Mm -hmm. And I was just pretty much hanging out with him and his wife all the time because that was the jam. Plus, my nephew was there. And, like, why wouldn't I want to hang out, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, growing up, I had always wanted an older sister. It was, like, man, I wanted it so fucking bad. It's not all that it's cracked up to be. But I wanted it <laughs> so bad. Not that my brother wasn't... My brother had his moments. 
being sisterly if he needed to be. But it wasn't the same. So I would just cling to every single girlfriend that he had. Mm-hmm. I was like, you going to be my big sister now? Okay, great. Let's go. And I just hand in hand, walk away. No, that's not how it happened. Um, so when my brother got married, it was a really big deal for me because this mm-hmm. was legal. She was my sister and everything was amazing. So one night. Because I would tell her everything and she tells me everything. And mm-hmm. realistically, there was only like a three-year age difference between yeah. us. So it totally makes sense. I, Side note, can I just chime in? Yeah. The first time I met her, uh-huh. it was so obvious how much you idolized her. Yeah, it was. And uh, how much you loved her and how much you just like always wanted to be. I needed to be around her 24-7. Yeah. She was the funniest person. She was hilarious. Yeah. And I just, being in her vicinity just made me feel so fucking cool. I felt validated. I felt. Yeah. And she was really cool. Like, she was super good at, like, hair and makeup. Yes. And And she made me feel pretty. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, a whole bunch of really great shit. So when she sits down and tells me, "Mm, I got a secret. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Tell me. And she's like, so you know how, like. Vince and I, you know, we got together pretty young. Like, I don't have any, like, I didn't have a lot of other sexual experiences or anything. And I felt like I was missing something. And so Vince and I have decided um, that we're going to be in an open relationship. Uh, He just doesn't really want you to know about that because it's kind of awkward for him to know that his sister knows about his sex life. And I was like, that's fair. Understandable. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, So I just kind of like went about my life. Um. So with that being said, uh, there was this time that she had texted me um, while we were doing the show that you and I were in. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hey, so-and-so is super cute. And Vince says that it's totally fine for me to blah, 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 blah. Am I allowed to add my little? Yeah, you can add your little. Um, This so-and-so person that she is referring to was actually... Um, my soon-to-be boyfriend. Yeah. Who, at the time that this situation was happening, he told me that he didn't want to be officially boyfriend and girlfriend yet to spare the feelings of the girl that he had just broken up with. Mm -hmm. But later I found out that it was because he was interested in having sex with... Portia. Portia, your sister-in-law. Yeah, exactly. Um... So I think I told him that. I think I shared that text message with him because mm-hmm. in my in my mind, I was like, oh, well, all right. Well, if it says it's okay, then I guess. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know about him and I at the time. No, I had think. no fucking no. idea that you guys were even talking. Um, so there were parties that she would throw too. like one time Vince was out of town with the baby at a family reunion and there was a big party, uh, that, that went down at that house and, um, there was lots of alcohol involved. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the party that Cameron showed up to, but I Cameron being my soon to be boyfriend. Yes. But I can't recall 100% because I was inebriated. But we can assume. Yes, we can assume. We know that it happened. Yes. We can assume that that was the point in time that it happened. So this shit goes down. And then all of a sudden, within like a couple of weeks, I'm thinking, because it's like towards the end of the show anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Vince just comes fucking running down our driveway with the baby mm-hmm. and like bursts into the house and hands the baby to my mom and is like, Porsche's in the hospital. I gotta go. And Shit. I was like, pardon me? What? And I'm not about to let my brother just fucking what there's no words Mm -hmm. so i got in my car and i literally sped all the way down the freeway trying to follow this motherfucker and i called called him like six bajillion times until he finally fucking just texted me letting me know which hospital he was going Mm -hmm. to apparently she had run the car over an an embankment being quite dramatic the point is is that she refused to let him see her he could Hmm. not see her he was stuck in the parking lot that's how i was able to talk to him What's going down at this point? Like, why? Why? I have no idea. I have no idea, because my brother comes home and finds out that apparently him and Portia are in an open relationship. Shit. And then I have to sit there and say, um, so I knew about that. Yeah. Not only did you know about that, but you encouraged her to hook up with your friend Cameron. Yeah. Which I quickly blocked out after that Mm -hmm. because that was too painful to even acknowledge. Painful and cringy. So cringy. So cringy, but really fucking painful to acknowledge, right? So i had to tell him that and i swear to god i saw anger in his eyes for probably a split second Mm -hmm. and then he just hugged me after that which was really great (laughs) but i know okay but also props to vince for being in that position finding out about the situation that he had no idea about finding out that his younger sister knew about it while he's a dad and Mm -hmm. he's the one bringing in all of the money and, and then depressed. having the mental capacity to realize that this is not your fault and yeah. you were played just as much as he was. Yes. The fact that he recognized that really fucking quickly, I'm very thankful for because I don't know what the fuck would have happened like if it went any other way. So he also spent that entire night going through every single possible thing on the computer that he could find and he found that she had been having chats with some guy in Oregon talking about how my brother had left her and the baby after the baby was born at this point we were all living in California by the way yeah and and yeah she was going to move up to Oregon and be with this guy and he was going to take care of her and the baby the fuck crazy was this on Facebook or I I I don't know it might have been on Facebook messenger it might have been on uh let's see 2011 so it i don't know if instagram had messages at that point so i don't think it was instagram mm. so it was either myspace or facebook but mm-hmm. probably facebook or just a regular chat room too because yeah. those were still around anyways so and all during this time so like intertwined before my brother finds out portia had started a sex podcast right i remember this yes it was pretty successful because at this point in time this was 2011 yeah so youtube was a big thing podcasts not so much this was the first podcast that i had ever heard about yeah um and it was actually quite successful it had um reached some higher ups in the entertainment industry as i can recall who were really interested in funding it yeah 
And so and they were going to go to L.A. To, to record a big break episode. But leading up to that, she'd had a, an original co-host who we're calling Stacy. And we love Stacy. She's hella chill. I don't know Stacy. Well, we, Stacy's good in my book. Yeah, Stacy's chill. So I reached out to Stacy recently and asked her if she remembered anything weird. And I specifically asked her, like, why she had actually left the podcast because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. She left because she said that she felt uncomfortable being asked to lie to Vince. And I said, mm-hmm. what were you lying to him about? This, honestly, in my mind, like, that had to be, like, something really big like she had to been asked to lie to him so many times for her to bypass the opportunity of having a project that she put her heart and soul in become really famous Mm -hmm. because of this situation this situation must have been really really bad for her yeah because i mean all of the most of the sexual experiences that she was talking about on the podcast mm-hmm. that Portia was talking about on the podcast happened after her and my brother were already together Oof. yeah and my brother was Portia expected- just set herself up to fail she, at this point she did she definitely did but i don't think she sees it that way because mm-hmm. she, ultimately she ended up telling everybody that my brother left her a bitch ass move <laughs> um and i asked my brother why he didn't try and change the narrative mm-hmm. into what actually had happened and he had told me that part of it was that he didn't really want to be trying to demonize her or in- unintentionally demonizing her uh for fear that it would ruin their potential future relationship considering mm-hmm. their co-parents yeah, um, when there's a kid involved, yeah. you really got to think about the whole and picture. I, and I completely understand that, but also at the same time, and which is why I've gotten permission from him to talk about this stuff mm-hmm. on the podcast, it, it, it this shit happened to us. Yeah, not just him, not just you. Yeah, and, it, and our truth should be fucking out there mm-hmm. and talked about. Like, this was really fucking terrible. My brother got his heart broken. And life shattered mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And I got roped into the fucking fire and had to lie to my brother multiple times. Without and even realizing Without that even that's realizing it. And encouraging her to hook up with all of these people. Really, really manipulative. So manipulative and fucking gross. Yeah. That being said, everybody's in a better place now. My brother's in a better place. I'm mm-hmm. in a better place. That's great and wonderful. But this fucking happened, and I had to relive it in 2020 because I was having flashbacks. So, <laughs> so needing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to talk to, to Vince about it, too. And it's been pretty cathartic, actually, mm-hmm. because, again, it's a shared trauma. So it helps me feel a little bit less crazy that this happened mm-hmm. because nobody talks about it. Yeah. Nobody fucking talks about it. And what's so bad about talking about it? It already happened. Yeah. You're not creating something different. No. You're just talking about something that already happened. Yeah. Which you're allowed to do. Exactly. So now that that's out on the table, I actually feel a lot better about that. (laughs) (laughs) But leading up to that, I also had a really good friend named Mallory. Mm -hmm. And uh, I met Mallory in the theater department. And um, we totally hit it off. She was definitely one of the people i would do some chain smoking with yeah so disgusting habit don't do it i would be around you i wouldn't be smoking but i would be just around you guys because i didn't have any other friends the amount of 
smoke that you put up for me. Oh, yeah. I probably have smoked, like, five packs of cigarettes in my life just so I can smoke from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Gross. Yeah, but we're over that habit now. That's very true. Um, But part of the reason why me and Mallory ended up being really fucking tight was because she was also a smoker. And Mm -hmm. so that was um, a shared thing that we had. And... Um, I had asked Mallory to be on the podcast, um, because she had had some stories that she wanted to share and whatnot on Porsche's podcast on Porsche's podcast. Yes. So that's how they met. Mm -hmm. And then because Stacy didn't want to go because Stacy was like bizouncing from the podcast, not Mm -hmm. wanting to lie to my brother or, and everything. And I believe when they were actually going to LA, my brother and Porsche were already separated. Okay. Um, because... Portia invited Mallory to go to LA with her to, mm-hmm. to do the co-hosty thing. And so as Portia's lies are coming to light and her life is falling apart, she is still trying to go to LA. Yeah. To pursue this podcast. Well, she's probably trying to gain control of something that she doesn't have control over, which mm-hmm. is what people do in those situations. But yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Priorities. We're not straight. <laughs> no, 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 no. She needs to sort out her priorities. <laughs> the perfect opportunity. Anyways, Remember so, when I said you were like a 9.5 on the nerd scale? Are you raising that to an 11 now? Probably. <laughs> thinking about it. So I had heard that that Portia had invited Mallory to go to LA and keep in mind, Mallory and I were on okay terms at this point. Mm-hmm. She, we had tried to mend some things. Cause again, really difficult for me to just let go of this person that yeah. I was so enamored with. Mm-hmm. And I'm a really fucking forgiving person, which is a downfall sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of pushed all of my feelings aside because I didn't want there to be any awkwardness and I don't want there to be weirdness. And I just wanted everything to be fine and kosher and back to the way yeah. that it was. And so I pushed a lot of shit down and didn't deal with a lot of shit. And so Mallory and I were pretty okay at this point, but I had no, sorry, Portia and I were pretty okay at this point. Okay. But I had talked to Mallory about what had happened mm-hmm. with my brother and I was like, I just want you to be careful. Yeah. When going You wouldn't to- be a good friend if you saw someone's toxic behaviors just blow up your whole family and just, like, let one of your closest friends be best friends with her without any warning. Yeah. Like, that's not a good friend. Like, you, yeah. did, you, you didn't do anything wrong. Thanks. I definitely tried not to do anything wrong. But they, they went to... LA Mm -hmm. they had a spectacular time and they came back BFFs that's how it was that's how I perceived it Mm -hmm. at that age I think that's how it was it seems like that's how it was but also I'm just trying to say this was again 10 years ago and I'm just but they were still like posting pictures of each other together on their social medias yeah but there's a lot of times where I did have Mallory or Portia blocked and Mm -hmm. I didn't see that stuff because I didn't want to I just saw it on Mallory's oh yeah other things that I block out because I so I stayed friends with so so they they so they came back from LA and they Mm -hmm. were best friends and that I could not function 
That's so hurtful. Well, yeah. This person that fucked up my life and my brother's life is now BFFs with somebody that I'm also BFFs with. Mm -hmm. And it's really messy and weird. But I also am not the type of person that's going to be like, it's me or her. Yeah. I don't like that because it makes me feel gross. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to do that. So that's why I never asked me or her, even though, well, ultimately I should have asked. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you should have asked because even though you weren't the bad guy in the situation, that could have made you definitely seem like you were. Um, I think you should have done what you ended up doing in the long run anyways. Yeah. Which is just distancing yourself from her. Yeah. Well, before I started to distance myself, there were other things that had gone wrong in that friendship. She just mm-hmm. wasn't really a good friend to me, and that's what was no, so difficult. No, she was a bully. Yeah. She-, she bullied me. She was so mean to me all the time. And it was really weird because, like, I would show up to, like, wherever we were to hang out. And, you know, I would show up. She'd be like, oh, my God, Panda, hi. How are you? So good to see you. I miss you. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, 20 minutes into us hanging out, she would just, like, be really mean to me. And so I kind of didn't really take it to heart. I kind of just brushed it off, which is not a 18-year-old Panda thing to do. Um, But I kind of just was like, you know what? This is who she is. This is how she treats everyone, probably. So I'm just... yeah. Like, I recognize that I, d- I wasn't doing anything wrong, and she was just being a bitch. Um, but then I heard you told me that um, she started living with you at your parents' house. Mm. And at that point, I was like, this doesn't make me feel good on the inside. <clears throat> yeah, she, um, was, she was. Because at that point, I n- didn't want to come over to your house if she was going to be there. Um, and I also figured, you know, if this is how she's treating me and this is probably how she's treating a lot of other people too. And I didn't want you to be treated like that. Oh, but I got treated like that. Mm-hmm. I got treated like that big time. I was afraid of her. Yeah. Like, like I was like legitimately afraid of standing up for myself in mm-hmm. any capacity when it came to her. I don't know why. I just Because was. you cared about her. I cared about her, but I also never felt like, I could ever fight my own battles mm-hmm. the way that I wanted to. And so, cause it, when I get put in a situation where I would have to like stand up for myself, mm-hmm. uh, the words don't come out the way that I want them to. They come out very yeah. mushy and not, not smart. And I always think of the best things later, which mm-hmm. I know a lot of people yeah. do. Like, especially when we're in the shower, you know? Oh yeah. That's or when always... you're looking in the mirror and you're like, Fuck you, yeah, man. that's always when I think of like the things that I should have said in certain situations when I'm just like in the shower. <laughs> oh, when I was in when I was like eight years old, I used to have full fledged conversations with myself and the bully that uh, from Same. elementary school in the mirror. And I'd be like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I totally should have slapped you, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that, though. Yeah, definitely. But so. You know, there was this one time, uh, the last time that I hung out with Mallory before I moved to Oregon, we were supposed to have a date day, just the two of us, Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. Um, And we were going to go to SF Nightlife, and it was going to be super fun. Well, as soon as I get there, 
we're going to do that. But then we go and meet up with some of her friends, one of them being like this guy that she totally wanted to bang at that point. Mm -hmm. Which, might I add, this motherfucker looked like a Ken doll. And not in a good way. Like too much Botox or what? Like he, well, he, he, I don't think that he had Botox because Mm -hmm. he definitely was too young to need Botox. Mm -hmm. But he was just one of those plasticky looking guys. Hmm. And had the body of a Ken doll, <laughs> kind of walked like a Ken doll too, you know what I mean? Anyways, so she spends the majority of the time all up in this guy's grill mm-hmm. and loving on him and stuff like that. And it's like me and a couple other friends and that I don't know and her. And How so we awkward. go it was so awkward. So we go to SF Nightlife, we get a couple of drinks. Also keep in mind I was abundantly poor Mm -hmm. in california like really really poor and so i probably only had like 20 to 25 maybe 30 dollars to spend in san francisco that's yeah literally nothing yeah so like i knew that i could get a couple of drinks and then i'm pretty much fucked after Mm -hmm. that i don't have any money yeah so i got a couple of drinks and then we moved from the nightlife to uh another bar where there were people dancing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know anything about 20-year-old Malia. You don't dance. I don't dance. 30-year-old Malia dances all the fucking time <laughs> and gives no fucks. But in my 20s, it was not, you would not catch me dancing mm-hmm. unless I was uh, very, very hammered. Mm-hmm. It was just not a thing. So, especially when, so I'm with Bobby at this point. Mm-hmm. Bobby's her husband. Bobby's my husband. And I'm in san francisco without him Mm -hmm. with her and this dude that she's fucking and a couple of their friends and i'm like what the fuck i'm also starving Mm, and i say can we get some food yeah yeah yeah, we can get some food (laughs) can we get some food yeah yeah yeah, we can get some food so then we go from that bar back to this guy's house which is really just his room which is in the garage and i sit there for until four in the morning starving starving Mm. while they're making out (gasps) wow yeah finally i was like can we go please and like we needed to get an uber from san francisco back to oakland Mm -hmm. where mallory's house was Mm -hmm. he comes with us of course he does right all the way back Mm mm-hmm and then she makes the the bed for me, the couch bed for me, mm-hmm. which is great. And then, did you listen? Makes to a them? motherfucking quesadilla for this guy. Oh Jesus! And not you? No, because I'm asleep. How rude! I spent the entire night telling her I was starving. That's I so have mean. to be the third wheel for the whole time. And then I listened to her make him a fucking quesadilla. Did you have to listen to them bang all night? No, I didn't. I fell asleep. I I fell asleep, and I'll sleep through that stuff. So that happened. And then in the morning, when I was upset about it, I got – I ended up feeling bad, and I was the bad guy because I was upset about the fact that she made him a quesadilla and not me. Did you feel bad, or did she make you feel bad? No, she made me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the last time that we had hung out. And then when Bobby and I were getting ready to move to Oregon, she also didn't come to my going away party. I remember didn't tell me that. that she wasn't coming to my going away party. She had two months in advance. 
I know that it was on a Tuesday, which is not the greatest day of the week to having a going away party, but that's why we put it out mm-hmm. two months in advance. I text her on the day of my going away party and she was like, I'm working. And I was like, you literally didn't tell me this Mm-mm. at all. And I had, ex- and I told you I was going to see you at my going away party. And you're like, yeah, totally. So it kind of like iced her when I moved to Oregon because mm-hmm. I was fucking over it. And then she made me feel bad about that too. <laughs> when she approached me and she's like, why are you ignoring me? And then somehow that conversation turned into us being kind of okay at that point because again it was my I somehow it was my fault yeah so that's gaslighting though yes it is very much so so 2020 rolls around I'm in the worst depression of my life Mm -hmm. working in a horrific work environment an abusive work environment I'm not eating. Mm -hmm. I'm dry heaving every day before I go to work. And I have the sads, which now bring out all of the sads. Yeah. Once one sad comes to light, it kind of snowballs all the Because your brain stores all of those sads in one spot. I've experienced that. Yeah. So I had to relive flashbacks and realizations of shit that had gone down between my brother and his marriage Mm -hmm. I had to rethink about all of the shit that some of my old friends had put me through and re-decide whether or not I needed to have them in my life or not Mm -hmm. and because of that I ended up completely cutting out Mallory good I'm happy you did that I am happy that I did that too it completely lifted my anxiety and just kind of like was a blank because I knew you were kind of done with her before I remember you telling me Um, A couple years ago, how, like, you had spoken with her, FaceTimed her, and just, like, everything she said just annoyed you. And it was just, like, her saying all this self-deprecating shit. Yeah. And And you were just, like, not here for that. Like, you wanted to talk to her to see how she was doing. and Because you were trying to care at least yeah and then she just said things that were just trying to make you feel bad for her and you just were not there for it yeah yes that's exact. yeah I mean I had told her that last conversation was I was like if you're that unhappy then you need to do something about mm-hmm. it and then she didn't really talk to me a whole lot after that because I confronted her with something that she had to do and Mm -hmm. face, which she doesn't want to do. And that's fine. That's her prerogative, but I don't need that in my life. No, not at all. Especially since she made me feel really bad about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, there was also this one time, uh, that, that is really painful to talk about. Um, it was, it all falls in line with, uh, when Bobby and I first actually got together, mm-hmm. um, like the first time that we had slept together and then ultimately ended up being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gone the next day I was going to a class, um, an English class with Mallory. Mm-hmm. And I was joining that class because, um, her English teacher was my previous English teacher that I had worked with a couple mm-hmm. semesters before. And so I really liked him. My mom was also a teacher at that campus. And that day I ran into my mom in the hallway and um, 
she said hi to me and all that kind of stuff. And then I ended up going to class with Mallory and my mom texted me and told me that she was having heart palpitations and that she needed to go to Mm -hmm. the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I was unaware if she was asking me to take her Mm -hmm. and I, and I've recently talked to her about this and, and we're fine now, but Ultimately, what had happened was she was asking me to take her to the mm-hmm. hospital, and I said I couldn't because I didn't want to leave Mallory. Mm-mm. Well, my mom had to get put on beta blockers after that because wow. she was having like legitimately some some heart issues, mm-hmm. and so I completely hurt my mom's feelings by not taking her to the hospital or not being there for mm-hmm. her when she was asking me to be there for her because I was too fucking afraid of this one person. Damn. And that makes me feel like fucking shit. What do you think Mallory would have said or done if you were like, hey, I got to dip out. My, my mom needs me. She probably would have scoffed at me and been like, Ugh. or I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing is that I, I, had I never stood up for myself in front mm-hmm. of her, so I never knew what her reactions would be. Because yeah. so. she was kind of just like a brutal person, even when you weren't sticking up for yourself. And that's part of the reason why I was afraid of saying anything is because she was always very blunt and intense, and sometimes that was really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. So, and that was really hard for me. But not having that in my life anymore ultimately fantastic yeah but having to come to those realizations that it's okay for me to do that mm-hmm. was really difficult yeah i I've, I've come to think of it because it's been difficult for me too when i'm in a situation where i feel like i'm uncomfortable sticking up for myself i've learned that i have to view myself as a different person person that is not myself because if someone was bullying you Mm -hmm. that that person would never bully you anymore (laughs) if it were up to me like if I saw someone bullying you I would definitely stick up for you of course that's not the first time you've done that done what you need somebody in the balls for me I did do that (laughs) yes you did Mm -hmm. because that person hurt my feelings and you did not like that not one bit nope (laughs) But when someone else hurt my feelings in the same way, I did not stick up for myself. No. And I also failed you and did not stand stick up for you in that situation either. Yeah, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. But, you know. Um, anyways, so I've come to just learn that in those situations, I have to disassociate with myself. Mm. And... That's kind of a weird thing to say because usually disassociation is not the the best coping mechanism. No, it's definitely not. No, but in this situation, if I view myself as a different person Mm -hmm. and kind of try to view someone bullying me as a different person, then I'm like, why the fuck is that person treating her that way? That's not okay. And then I'm somehow able to just stick up for myself. Right. Um. So, yes, I do have disassociation issues <laughs> that we can dive into in a later episode. <laughs> but that is just one way that my disassociation issues have been a positive thing Right. Okay. Life. That's good. I've taken a negative and turned it into a positive. Into a positive in a tiny aspect. Yeah. So, that's 
that was those those two things were I feel like only defined my 20s that's sad though because yes. there were so many other great memories that you had maybe 25 and below 25 and below. because I feel like once I moved here to Oregon and I turned 25 mm-hmm. I feel like everything but just kinda even like so that. like that's really shitty because I mean I know you've had so many good memories 25 and below yeah and unfortunately those two things kind of just like well, I'm, the reason why it's it's not that I don't have good memories; it's that those good memories are somewhat tainted by all of those things. Yeah, because all of those things happened at the same time mm-hmm. of all of those good memories. Yeah, so it's about sorting that out, and I'll get there. Because mm-hmm. again, uh, at when I first started this self realization journey, I was very angry at 20 something me Mm -hmm. I did not identify with her I fucking found her annoying as fuck and I was like why was anybody fucking friends with this person exactly how I feel about like panda from the ages zero to (laughs) now (laughs) no but like at least 18 to 18 to 20 uh, 18 to when I stopped posting on Facebook every fucking thing that I thought oh my god I had a problem with that too I ended up like every day would go back into my Facebook memories and just delete everything yeah oh god I try not to look at my Facebook memories anymore because there's some stuff that's recently come up that's a little bit too painful for me to look at now but there's Mm -hmm. other stuff that I'm like girl like, I'm sorry for every single person that I was friends with on Facebook that had to see me post my Harry Potter fucking countdowns. I'm so sorry. Harry Potter countdowns. Oh, yeah. I would put however many days until Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows part one. And I would post that every day. And then this how many days until Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows part two. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a lot better than what I would post though. Do you remember what I would post? Uh, was it ambient induced? I'm sure some of them were, but the most cringiest thing I remember posting was when I found out Cameron was cheating on me, and I would post like multiple times a day how much I wanted to fuck that bitch up. Uh, I don't remember that at all. Oh. <laughs> I would go in there and be like, type, type, type. I'm going to fucking cut her <laughs> and, like, be so aggressive when really I'm, like, just laying in bed sobbing. Oh, my word. And I have never, okay, I've never punched, slapped, cut anyone. But you've kneed someone in the balls. I have done that. But what I'm referencing is. As far as females go, you've never been in a cat fight? I've never, no, I've never been in any fight, Me but I just wanted my online persona to be someone to be a bad who bitch. was really fucking aggressive and don't fucking mess with me or fucking hook up with my boyfriend. And then you, and then they go to my profile and see all of the ambient induced things that you would post on my wall, just like cons- pictures or just random weird clip art <laughs> of like, I think that was sober. I'm not joking. I think that was sober. Girlfriend wowie i was a lot we would do that i know but we We would would do do that to each other yeah but i only did it because you would blow my facebook up (laughs) it was blowing the fuck up so don't do drugs kids don't Don't do drugs drugs. and don't smoke cigarettes they're bad for you Mm -hmm. anyways let's end this on a positive note um 
What was the best part of your week? The best part of my week? Let's see. Uh, probably recording this episode because mm-hmm. for me, this is a new week. Mm-hmm. Um, because of my weird work schedule. Right. Um, but, oh, you know what? No, the positive my, of my week was coming home from house sitting a day early. Oh, okay. That's what's up. But that's also the same day that my sink was overflowing with rotten food from my upstairs neighbor. That doesn't sound like a positive. No. No. But. But. (laughs) Recording this podcast has been the best part of my week. (laughs) What's the best part of your week? Best part of my week. Um, One is that. I'm finally able to work out again. You um, are? For the, well, kind of. For those of you who don't know, um, about a month ago, I was um, attacked by a German Shepherd. Um, got my right leg pretty good, and I wasn't able to walk or drive or work for two weeks. Two weeks. Um, went back to work after two weeks, but still was not able to work out. Um, I've started working out again. I can't run. So I can't run on the treadmill, so I've started using the elliptical. Mm. Um, I can't really do any, like, jumps or anything, so I'm just doing, like, calf calf raises. raises. Um, Yeah, so that has definitely put me in, like, a better mental space. Um, Also, something really weird about me that people should know is I have the most significant dreams. Dude. We should do just one episode of all, like, the very significant dreams that I've had. Yeah, you've had really interesting Because dreams. I can remember dreams from back when I was a toddler. I can remember some dreams that are really fun tidbits that I can throw into mine. They have to do with Harry Potter characters. Of course they do. And Orlando Bloom. Anyways. <laughs> so, I've read that people, like, when they dream... People will never die in their dream because your brain doesn't know what it feels like to die. So it can't manifest that in a dream, which I've experienced, too, because I've had like three dreams of myself being like brutally murdered and I will jolt awake like right as I'm dying. But this dream that I had a few days ago, I had a dream that I was in the womb. Isn't that crazy? I had a dream. I was in the womb. I was very uncomfortable because I was like about to be born and I was like big and I didn't have a lot of space anymore. And so I was really uncomfortable and I had to choose my birthday. What? Isn't that crazy? What did you choose? My, my actual birthday. You chose birthday. your actual birthday? Yes. <gasps> my birthday is January 11th. My birthday is one one one. That says a lot, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that was just a crazy dream because I was thinking about, I was like, I woke up, I was like, oh, that was an interesting dream. I've never had a dream like that before. But then I was thinking, I'm like, wait, my brain can't dream of anything that I haven't experienced before. I've experienced being in the womb. Like that was literally my brain bringing that memory back. That's fucking like, like I said, I think I said this in our first episode, like my brain works in ways where I can remember memories of me, like back when I was sleeping in a crib, but but I can't remember. No, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Yeah. That's insane. I know. Well, well, I think that should be an episode. That should be an episode, but that's not going to be next week's episode. No, it's not. Next Next week's week's episode episode is going to be about my first a uh, very intense relationship of three years with um, my ex-boyfriend, Tim. And uh, we're going to talk about the ins and outs mm-hmm. of that toxicity. I make a cameo in that one. Yes, you do. 
Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, again, please stick around. Things are going to get more exciting and we're going to have more room for uh, guest stars and mm-hmm. whatnot. If you in any way want a story to be put out there or if you want to be on our podcast please reach out to us you can reach out to me on my instagram if you're friends with me you can reach out to us on our podcast Mm -hmm. instagram the ju podcast at instagram (laughs) (laughs) the ju podcast also the ju podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email about anything um Malia's Instagram is at Malia Face. Yep. My Instagram is at Sweet Lady Panda. Um, we also have a Facebook page now. Yes, we do. It is the Just Us podcast, and it has our adorable logo that has been created by the amazing Megan Tuchel at Meg.Paints.Hearts <laughs> on Instagram. And shout out to the music in our podcast that was made by the amazing Jared Newman, a.k.a. Defo. You can find him everywhere at Defo Music, that's D-E-F-F-O, or on Instagram at Hey, It's Jared Newman. All right. Thank you for listening, and you'll hear us talking again next week. Next week's episode is about my ex-boyfriend. Oh, fun. Yep. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.